Turn to Matthew chapter 9 this morning. And while you're turning there, I want to read you another verse from Psalm 68, verse 19. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. He daily loads us with benefits. Y'all, I could, if I started right now, I could probably talk the rest of my life about the blessings God has given me through my wife. And then I could, at the same time, talk the rest of my life about the blessings God has given me through my children. And y'all, I ain't even touched on salvation yet, okay? God has daily loaded me with good things if I choose to look at them and acknowledge for what they are. So blessed be the Lord who daily loads me with benefits. And I want you to uh, really stop for just a moment and, and examine some of the good things God has given you and, and think about what you actually owe Him. It's a debt I can't repay and thank God He doesn't force me to repay it because I, I would never be able to. It's a gift. Oh man, it's a blessing. <laughs> the, the calling He put on my life is such a blessing. The ways God has chose to use me in my life in various different ways is just a, it's a privilege and an honor that I am able to serve such a mighty God. Who am I? that I'm worthy of that. I'm not. I'm not worthy in any possible way other than He called me. Look in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And y'all, when I said I want you to examine the good things God has given you, I didn't just say that in passing. I really do want you to think about it, okay? Because if you're sitting here today and you can't come up with one, there is a problem. You've been blinded because the blessings of God are all around us. We're sitting in a building today with air conditioning. Some of y'all don't think that's a blessing, but I do. We'll see if your tune changes come June and July. We're not sitting in the rain today. Praise God. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when He saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Y'all, I had you examine for a minute while ago the good things God has given you. And I, I even mentioned that, you know, we owe Him a debt that we can't repay. Y'all, He's done so much for us. 
And y'all have heard me say before, if, if all he ever did was save me, man, I, I can't repay that. That is such a blessing. You know why it's such a blessing? Because I can wake up every day and that scripture, he daily loads me with benefits. The benefit every day is that I'm walking in freedom. That I'm not bound to sin. I'm free from it. All those terrible things I've done in the past, forgiven. All those stupid things I'm probably still going to do in the future, forgiven. I have a promise of of an eternity getting to know my God. Getting to be in His presence and just, oh man, all the people I'm going to get to see and, and just get to know all over again in ways I never knew were possible. When, when this old body fades away and I'm given that new body and I have new eyes and new ears and new, a new nose to, to take in all of the, the blessings of God in that moment, how can I not praise my God? He daily loads me with benefits and... And here Jesus is telling His disciples, He said, just look around you. The harvest is ready. But what is necessary when there's a harvest? Somebody has to go and reap. Somebody has to go and collect it. Right? It has, there's work that has to be done. Somebody came along and planted. They, they took care of it and it grew. And it's time to now reap that harvest, right? And we look around us today, people, and we, we have all sorts of people all around us that are hungry for the Word of God, but they're not receiving it. They're ready to be harvested, but the laborers are few. So you see, this, this topic hasn't changed today. In 2014, it's still the same. The laborers are few. I want you all to hear me today that the potential workers are many. But the actual workers are few. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 9. Verse 9 says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That's good news. There's rest coming. That's a promise of God. In fact, Jesus Himself said He was going to prepare a place for us, didn't He? Look at verse 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. When did God cease from his work? After it was completed. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So y'all, these three different verses I've read you today are are passages. They, They tell us something. First of all, God has blessed us richly. I mean, where to begin, right? Where to begin, and all the ways God has blessed us. 
Sheila and I were both giving testimonies today about washing machines and, and how God took care of that situation. What? You know, it ain't been that long ago people went out to the creek or the, or the pond and washed their clothes. Right? And we can just take them back there and throw them in this little box and poof, out comes clean clothes. Isn't it amazing? Y'all, God has just blessed us richly, y'all. And we don't even have to look at technology. If we take all of that extraneous stuff and just toss it aside, and we focus just on how God deals with us and the love He pours out on us, He has blessed us richly. And then Jesus said, look around you, the harvest is ready. But I don't have anybody to go work. Who was He talking to? Was He talking to strangers? He was talking to his disciples. He said, there need to be laborers, people going out and harvesting this, this fruitful crop that God has, has put out there. What happens to a crop if, I mean, man, look, you can have the biggest watermelons on the vine, sweetest, and they're laying out there in the field. What happens if nobody goes and picks them? Come back a little while later and there is nothing worth having. Either the animals come and get it or it lays there and just dries up and withers on the vine and becomes totally useless to anybody. Okay, so where do we stand today, people? Because we've got, we've got a crop that's out there waiting. But where are the workers? How long is that crop going to sit there and, and be in the state it's in ready for the picking before it's worthless. I want you to understand, there's a limited time. There's a limited time. I'm not the one to put a date on it. I can't tell you how long it is, but there's a limited time. There's only so long that, that those people have on this earth. Only so long that God will deal with them. But where are the workers? Where are those that, that are laboring? Y'all, you've heard, y'all have heard the statistic. And it's kind of a cliche thing that people say that 10% of the people do 90% of the work 100% of the time. You know, it don't have to be that way. That's just the way things happen because of flesh. Because y'all, I get tired and I get lazy. I've got other things I need to do sometimes. It ain't got nothing to do with tired and lazy. It's just I'm busy. Right? Sometimes I'm selfish and I just don't feel like it. Because I want to go do something. Man, we can sit here all day and just talk about the reasons why we don't serve God the way we should. The reasons why we aren't out there trying to reach people for the kingdom. We can spend a whole afternoon just, just lamenting over those things. And then when it was over, we would still be fruitless. So there's no point in sitting here discussing why we don't. What we need to do is tonight, today figure out how we are. 
What is it that that is going to enable us once we leave this building today to get out into the world and start looking around for a crop that needs harvesting? What is going to be necessary for me to become a worker, a laborer? I want you all to see that it is work. I am not trying to pull the wool over your eyes today and tell you that it's going to be easy sailing. All you got to do is show up. No, it's work. And you know what? That 10% gets smooth wore out sometimes. Carrying the weight for the other 90. I ain't trying to tell you today which one you are. You know in your heart. I don't even care to tell you. I don't like to get in a position where I'm making those kind of judgments on people because it will begin to change my attitude towards you. But you know. You see, sometimes you may be doing work I don't know nothing about. You know in your heart which one you are. Are there people all around you that are just withering on the vine? And there you sit... A child of the Most High King. Full of blessings. Just the the Holy Spirit just pouring out blessings on you. And you just keep them all bottled up to yourself. You didn't do no good for nobody. Selfish mentality. Y'all, we've had it a long time. I said we. I said we. Hebrews chapter 4 says there remains a rest for the people of God. And it also goes on to tell you that if you've entered into that rest, that means you've quit working. Y'all, there is a time that's going to come that I'm going to enter into that rest, but I want you to understand it shouldn't happen before I leave this earth. How many preachers do you hear of that retire? You hear quite a few sometimes, but I hear a whole lot of them that just just never can. They might slow down a little as they get older. They just can't quit. And and the reason why is, and y'all, I'm not building up preachers today. I'm just using that as an example. The reason why is because they know God has called them to do something and there ain't no point in quitting until they leave this earth. There's still work to be done. And you say, well, well, shouldn't younger people be picking up the slack? Oh, they should. There's, there's plenty of middle-aged people that ought to be picking up the slack too. You understand there is a whole lot of slack. And there's plenty for somebody to do. And I think there's a lot of times that, that we look at what's going on around us and we don't really see the need for work. There's a whole lot of times we don't recognize the harvest that is available around us. And we just miss it. I told you earlier, the Holy Spirit should be going with us all the time. And you know what He does? If you're looking to Him, if you're listening to Him, He'll begin to make those things known to you.
it never ceases to amaze me how much of an influence I have on people that I'm not aware of. Until you hear them say something. And all of a sudden you realize the things you've been doing in front of them have been having an impact on them. And it could be for good or for bad. When we, when we think for a moment that nobody sees what we do and nobody cares, we've deceived ourselves. We've deceived ourselves, people. Because there are people watching and, and you may be living a great example in front of them or you may not be. You know, they're not looking for a perfect person. They watch and see how you handle problems when you fail. How do you deal with people? How do you, how do you try to make things right? I want y'all to hear me today, okay? Because there's people out there in this world that are just hungry and waiting for somebody to stand up and fight for them. They just want somebody to reach out for them. They just want somebody to show them Jesus. There's a whole lot of them that will spit in your face. There's a whole lot of them that will tell you, I don't want nothing to do about it, but... It's because they say something and do something doesn't tell you what their heart is. That could be the, the reaction because God is dealing with them. That could be the, the very thing they needed to hear and that's the only way they could react in that moment. But you don't know what's going to happen ten years down the line. One year down the line. One week. One day. You don't know. And don't let those kind of things discourage you from the work God has called you to. Because He's called each and every one of us today, people, and I have said this for years, and I'll keep saying it, we are all called. We're all called to go into this world all around us and share the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, I am not a preacher. I don't care. You say, I don't know how to witness. I don't care. You're called. So what does it mean for you? It means you either figure out a way to do it or you sit there and can keep doing nothing like you have. You see, I've learned in my experience over the past many years, I never get any better at anything unless I do it. There hasn't been one single thing in my life that just fell into my lap that I was instantly an expert at. Not even once. And 95% of them I wasn't very good at all. But work, and work, and diligent effort, you get better at things. So if we're sitting here today and we're saying, I'm not very good at this or that or whatever, there's only one way to get better at it. And you know what? God probably is not going to just dump some amazing anointing on you that makes you an instant preacher like that. He might, but the statistics say it doesn't happen very often. Y'all want you to know, I was called to preach at 17 and I was terrible at it for a long time. Do you hear me today? 
there came a point where I finally learned what it was to surrender to God and allow Him to do the work. You understand me this morning. You see, it took trial and, and effort. And was it me doing it? No, it was me continuing to surrender to God and make myself available. So you're sitting here today and and the devil is sitting on your shoulder saying, you're not good enough to do that. You don't know what you're doing. You know how stupid you are. Y'all... Who he is, he's a liar. He's the father of lies, the Bible says. It means he's the root of it. (laughs) It means they all originated from him. He's a liar. Don't believe anything he's telling you today. You know why he wants to lie to you about that stuff? So that that harvest sets out there and withers on the vine and goes to hell. That's why. That's why. You see, he has something to gain. (laughs) He gets to rub that in God's face, he thinks. Look how many of them I got because your people sat there and did nothing. I hope your toes are getting a little warm and starting to sting a little. I hope I'm stepping on them good. Let me rub it in a little more, okay? Y'all, I'm not trying to be angry at you today. I'm trying to unify us as a body today. I want you to have the same kind of conviction about it that I have. Okay? There is a whole world that's just dying today. And if somebody doesn't do something, they are bound and determined to go to hell. Just like I was before Jesus saved me. Just like you were before Jesus saved you. And I want you to remember back to that moment when you received Jesus. Were you completely by yourself? Had nobody ever told you anything about Jesus before that day? And you just happened to read it somewhere? I doubt it. I guarantee you there were people involved in your life that gave testimony of His goodness. I guarantee you there were people praying and ministering to you on a regular basis. And it may have been you alone when Jesus saved you, but I'm here to tell you today there was a whole lot that went before it. I guarantee you if it weren't for people praying and doing the work to present the good news of Jesus' salvation to you, you wouldn't have known where to look. The Bible tells us how can they be saved if somebody don't preach? How can they preach if they don't go? You see, I can stand here in this building and preach till I'm blue in the face. If there ain't nobody in the building to hear it, it don't do nobody any good. I'll leave here encouraged though, y'all. I'm telling you right now. But what good does it do? And I want you to let that soak in this morning because a lot of y'all are sitting here and you're taking this in and it's doing you some good. But if you leave here and never share it with nobody, what good does it do? If God's doing a work in you today and you just leave it alone and say, oh, that was wonderful. And nobody else ever takes advantage of the work that God did. What was the point? You got a good warm fuzzy feeling out of it, but... 
You see, the things God has blessed us with and done in our lives it is because He loves us and because He cares about us and He wants to give us good things. The Bible tells us that. But I want you all to understand that most of those blessings come with the hope that you will do something with it. He wants us to take our resources that we've been blessed with and use them for the glory of God. Our talents. You see all these women up on this stage singing and and John and John playing their instruments and Jacqueline playing those drums. They're not doing that just because they love to get together and play and sing. Man, I hope they're not. They're using that talent God gave them for His glory. Okay? I guarantee you, you're sitting here today and there's some talent in you. Maybe you don't know about it yet. But there's something God put in you. And I want you all to understand that. He designed you for a purpose. It wasn't something that just happened. Do you think you look the way you look and act the way you act just because? No. God put something in you special. He made you for a purpose. There's people out there that are built to respond to the ministry that you could have if you would step up. Did you hear that? (laughs) There is people out there made and designed with the right things in place to respond to your ministry. If you'll step up. We need to get that attitude of Isaiah. When he said, here I am Lord, send me. I don't know what you want to do. I don't even even know what's going to be accomplished, how you want it done, nothing. But here I am. I want to work. I've probably told y'all this before. And I'm I'm getting ready to close. Just hang on. When I went into the army, I had somebody give me some advice. He said, never volunteer for anything. He said, stay in the middle of the pack. Try to go unnoticed and you'll be all right. That was the worst advice I ever received. It was a detriment to me. Because what I began to see as I was hiding out in the middle of the pack, not ever volunteering for anything, is those guys that volunteered ended up having some blessings come out of it. They had a new level of respect by by the people that were leading because they saw something in them, right? They saw somebody that was willing to go take on a task, not even knowing what it was. And there I was hiding out in the middle, keeping my head down, hoping that nobody ever noticed that I was there. You know, it didn't take long before I realized that and realized that guy gave me that advice. It just he just ruined me. I had to step up then. See, I realized I was missing it. 
I was missing the good part. The good part came to those that were willing to just take on whatever came at them. Whatever was left over was what those guys hanging out in the middle hiding their heads got. When it came time for promotions, those kind of people get, get passed over. And you know what? As I began to step up and make myself known to those that were above me by volunteering to take on tasks that I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, you know what? It began to pay off for me. If I would have chose to stay in the military, man, I was on a fast track. I was getting promoted left and right. In a short period of time, I had gained several levels and I was at a point where it was, are you going to stay and keep advancing or is it time to get out? And Man, I was tired of it. I hated the military and I got out. But you know what? I learned lessons there that have stuck with me through everything else I've done, I learned that if I'm willing to put forth some effort and to take on stuff that other people don't really want to mess with, people notice. And you can call it sucking up or whatever you want to. That's not what it is. It's somebody that's willing to do some work, y'all. And I'm trying to tell you this today. I know that's a worldly example, but I want you to hear me today that God looks upon people like that with the same kind of attitude. When Isaiah stood up, God had said something to the people. He said, "He said, who will go? There's a situation over here. Who's going to go tell them? Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. You think Isaiah didn't get some blessings out of it? Well, he's got a book in the Bible kind of that he wrote, right, that people still talk about today. My favorite verse in the Bible happens to come out of Isaiah. So y'all, I think God probably blessed him richly for his attitude. When God calls on you, respond to Him with that kind of attitude. I'll go, Lord. Do, just tell me what to do. Y'all, I want you to understand something. Every time I have volunteered to God and said, Lord, here I am, send me. Y'all, I have never one time been hurt by Him. He didn't set me up for failure. Okay? I saw that in the army sometimes. Sometimes they had you volunteer and it was just the worst nasty duty you could ever imagine. God doesn't do that, man. He wants you to volunteer so He can bless you more. (laughs) He wants you to step up and do the work He has that needs to be done, and He's going to bless you more for it. 